Sludge Lords, let me tell you something. Hit me. I might be depressed. You gonna kill yourself, Adam? I'm not gonna unalive myself at this moment in time, but I all of the things, all of the structures that normally give my life shape are now gone. I'm used to having a kid that wakes me up by spitting in my face at six in the morning. I'm used to having a girl who wants me to come home. She wants me to talk to her. Like it grounds me, even if at times maybe it's a little bit much. Uh, I have a personal trainer who coincidentally is on vacation for two weeks. So now my usual like wake up at 8 a.m. to work out, that's been kind of ripped away from me. It just feels like a lot of the normal structures that sort of make my life an actual thing Mm have been gone for about a week, mm-hmm. and I'm kind of dealing with it. I've been watching a lot of Netflix. Yep. I watched a three-part series about GameStop. It's looking bleak. It's I not watched, looking good for you. I watched a two-hour documentary about some bank robbers who robbed a bank in Argentina. It occurred to me multiple times while I was watching it that I could have definitely watched something that would have probably explained it a lot better in a lot less time. Or gone to Wikipedia. Yeah, thought that about that. That would have told you what happened. You know when you're watching a documentary on Netflix and you just think to yourself, like, some true crime guy has made a 20-minute YouTube video about this that is going to summarize this more concisely? Yeah. Basically, my whole life feels like kind of a mess. I've been overcompensating by eating really healthy and exercising a lot. Uh Is that compensation for uh, having a family, or is it a good substitute for having a family and a wife? I don't know. Well, exercise and eating healthy are good, but right now, buddy, after what you just described, <sighs> booze and pills. Yeah. You need booze and pills. Well, think about it. Take away your girlfriend. Take well, I guess That'll all you have is a girlfriend anyway. Well, she's gonna leave you. It's probably for a big black dude. Mm, you yeah. know, she's been guys have been hitting her up to get on her podcast. She started, and they just I know they just want to fuck her. So. You know, they've been sliding into but the what DMs. Kind like, of guys? like, yo, what up, Shorty? Like, one dude hopped in with like 100,000 Instagram followers, and she's like, yeah, he wants to do my podcast. And in my head, I'm going, oh, God, this, I got to fend him off from all sides now. Mm. I got to fend him off from the Instagram attack, but also they're going to be face to face in a studio with my chick getting their dick hard during the interview. You know, those uh, channels where they basically like confront, like the ones who got EDP, where they like confront like a, a attempting child rapist yeah. or whatever on camera. Yeah. You should have your girl have these guys on the show and then you hide in the closet. You got the nanny cams everywhere and you wait until one of them tries to bang your girl and then you pop out and shoot him with a fire extinguisher. You want to have a seat over here for me? I'm Daniel Mullen with the Sledge Lords podcast. <laughs> Did you know that Mia Gibbs is in a relationship? Uh, I don't buy that for a second because you see here, yeah. Freddie, we have the chat log. Cockpick. I love it because like when they're catching the pedophiles, it's like there's there's no getting out of it. Like we have text that says that you want to fuck a 13 year old. There's no way out of it. With that, it's kind of like, yeah, dude, I was trying to fuck your girlfriend, but like. I didn't think it was a big deal. I thought this was cool. You know, like, that would be kind of... You, you could see their perspective. Bro. It's L.A. Yeah. I thought you guys were poly. Uh, dude, it's so true. How come... You know how many fucking... And you especially, was the world you occupy with the plug show? Mm. Dude, everybody must assume you and Lena will fuck everything. Uh, anyone who's paying attention doesn't think that because she's only banged me for six years. Some guys get some ideas. You no, know, definitely. A yeah. dude has a TikTok video pop off who works at an Olive Garden. Right. He's got like three thousand followers. All of a sudden, he's like, "Let's let's see what Mrs. Plug's doing." You know what I think is super funny is that people are getting fired from Apple because they've been making. You know, like everybody's doing the day in the life sort of TikToks where they do like the voiceover and say like, yeah. "So then I ate these eggs, and then I got on the bus, and then yeah, yeah." So people keep doing that. By the way, nice vans. You got the you got the extra shoelaces hanging oh, yeah. off. The, show them that for a second. Yeah. You know why I got those hanging off? I don't know if they could see that, but you know why I got put those? It like by your head, yeah. Get those for tray bombs, baby. What? Your tray flips are so whack that you just destroy your shoelaces. Uh, my tray flips are so fire. Asshole, Is that how that works? That because I destroy the, my shoelaces. The board like wraps over the laces and tears them up. Well, that's what if I'm doing a front foot impossible. But so a tray flip doesn't mess up the. Oh, dude, a tray flip is like Auschwitz to shoelaces. Really? Yeah. Oh, baby. I didn't know that. Yeah. Continue, though. I'm sorry. With these day-in-the-life uh, Apple oh, things. Oh, yeah. And so a bunch of, like, Apple employees have been making these sort of day-in-the-life videos, but they signed NDAs, and they're not allowed to be, like, filming in the workplace uh-huh. or putting any of this stuff out there, uh-huh. so they're just getting fired like that. Damn. Which I think is great, because for some reason, as I get older, I relate more to the corporate overlord and less to the employee. Yeah. 
And so when I see that, I'm like, good. You deserve to be fired for breaking your NDA, Connie. Listen, there is way too much coddling of the employee going Mm. on in America. It's impossible these days to start a restaurant business, for instance, because each of your employees, many of whom are stoner kids who just dropped out of high school, will ask to have an item on the menu named after them. That especially. (laughs) That's the real fucking problem. That's why I stopped going to Fat Sal's. Have you seen those names? But the kids, they want... I want a Fat Danny. <laughs> I want a Fat Cock Danny. The kids want like 16 bucks an hour, plus paid Christmas vacation, mm. plus sick leave, and plus medical. And these guys are like, dude, what? The- I'm the entrepreneur. I had to take out six loans and use a deposit from my dead grandfather in order right. to rent this building. Yeah. Is there no sympathy for me? Yeah. I'm not the Monopoly man. No, totally. And But, you know, I heard that the, the economy is changing pretty quickly where before, you know, you saw all these, like, fast food spots trying to offer, you know, 20 bucks an hour and, like, we'll hire anybody for anything they need employees so bad. And the reason why was basically because – they were printing a shitload of money so people were able to get on unemployment yeah. and that was like more than having a job and if you get a job then you don't get unemployment anymore mm-hmm. there was all the ppp loans all that kind of shit and there was just an overabundance of jobs so yeah. it's like the the average employee could really kind of take their pick which i didn't have a good feeling in my stomach about that mm-hmm. i like the idea of the mcdonald's manager really having to the the full control over mm-hmm. this situation but it appears that with the fed increasing interest rates and all this kind of stuff that the economy is really taking a shit yeah way less job opportunities and those same employees yeah. who are demanding 20 bucks an hour and felt like oh i could work whatever schedule i want they're now basically standing in line outside the taco bell begging for jobs That's which right. as rampant capitalists we should be in favor of rampant capitalists as people who are only just now emerging from the working class i feel like it is our responsibility to shit on the working class at any possible turn absolutely <laughs> listen i went outside the other day and there was a guy collecting my garbage cans uh. i kicked him in the shins just to teach him a lesson yeah, no, definitely. that's the kind of shit I'm talking about. Yeah, I think physically assaulting the homeless is probably a really good step towards taking care of that problem. Well, t- to be fair, he was, yeah, I, I physically assaulted the homeless. But anybody who has an issue with what Adam's saying right here, you just got to ask yourself. Have you thought that any of the service you've experienced in the last two years has been good? Haven't you noticed the market drop off in give a fuckness? That all employees seem to have everywhere. Right. You haven't seen that? But I barely go in public, so I feel like I'm maybe not the best opinion maker of this. I will say that the the trans Starbucks that I go to every day, that the employees there mostly seem pretty jolly. It's going well for them right now. It's a trans Starbucks because they rock the trans flag for not only like trans pride month but then like another month after that i'm pretty sure yeah yeah the the trans flag it's really a a, a brain ble- a brain bender the yeah, one it's an with abomination the triangles in it. with the pink triangle to the left and the brown and everything yeah, yeah and it's really getting so inclusive because i found out the black and the brown stripes stand for black and brown people right so now like leo dottavio like but the other guy i work with now he is represented in the pride flag basically right. so it's like he's not gay at all but he's got brown skin he should start a movement to proclaim that being Italian makes him a person of color. I think so. Because, okay, the more people that claim to be a person of color, the less weight that that designation will happen. Like, we have to somehow take all the different types of white people besides maybe, like, a, a, a sliver of the French and the Irish yeah. and put them into that category. Well, no. Then I, we will truly be a minority. How, how much Irish do you have? Well, my dad is uh, French-Canadian and Irish, I think, and my mom is Italian, so I'm like a little bit of all those. Okay. I don't know how much. French-Canadian, so your dad originates from where it's very cold. You know, That's trauma. Right. That's trauma. <laughs> my mom's from Italy. Your mom's from Italy, where people are knife-fighting and Mussolini's yelling from balconies. Trauma. Realistically, my mom's from New Hampshire, but some of her ancestors probably had to go through some trauma, in particular... When Mario Brothers came out, all of a sudden you have offensive Italian stereotypes being force-fed to good. people all over the world. You're right. Not good. I My mean, people have suffered. It, 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 fucking people think being an Italian means throwing on some overalls and punching a turtle. Mm. How reductive is that shit? When in actuality, being Italian is about eating spaghetti and becoming a crime boss. Yeah. <laughs> Get it right, America. <laughs> yeah, it's terrible, this state of affairs these days. But anyway, yeah, Saturday... 
I worked out for five hours. Oh, that's unhealthy. Yeah, it was weird. That's I didn't really have weird, a lot dude. else going on. I decided I really wanted to push myself that day. What what the hell did you do for five hours? So I woke up and there's like a huge hill in my neighborhood, and uh-huh. I, I marched up and down the hill for an hour, and then you marched up and down the hill. Yeah. Like a soldier? It's a really good workout. Just you marched. I'm picturing you in well, uniform p- with boots. Picture walking. I know I wasn't wearing a uniform. Okay. <laughs> picture walking. I was walking up and down a hill for an hour. Okay. Then I go eat my eggs. Then I lift weights for an hour. Yeah. Make a TikTok, of course. Do you have a gym in your house? I have a garage full of workout equipment. Dude, I got to come see your house. Come on. Let's do I a got, workout. I got to check out. I'm down to take some content in your house to Dude, shoot some content. Let's talk about I'm this. I'm going to jerk off on your fucking master sink. I would love that. And you know what I realized, what? actually? It took me about a week of my girl being gone before I realized that she was expecting me to feed the cats. <laughs> so I may have forced the cats to go like three days without eating any food. You know, that's kind of fucked up. The beauty of cats, though, is they're the one animal that would live if you and Lena died tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. I could probably not feed them for like two weeks. I'd be all right. Oh, they're fucking good. It's not ideal, but I could. Dude, the cats are so solid, dude. They're like cockroaches. Let me tell you something. I, I, I used to think that people making content out of them working out was like the lamest thing in the world. Yeah. But then I realized that the content that I've been making on TikTok of me working out does extremely well. Yeah. So I'm going to act like I didn't say all that shit before about how lame making content your workouts is because it turns out that if I fucking bench press uh, 200 pounds with my shirt off on TikTok, that it just works. People like the diet stuff, the, yeah. the exercise stuff. And the thing with me is that I'm really focused on A, trying to grow my TikTok and B, trying to get in really good shape. Yeah. So it, it kind of works perfectly and I'm completely turning my back on everything I used to say. Basically, you're a 17-year-old girl now, but whatever that means. Hey, Josh, scrub the internet of Adam talking shit yeah. on the TikTok stuff, okay? If you could watch every single episode of the No Jumper Show until you find a clip of me talking bad about it and then delete that, that would be great. Let's make Bossa Nova do it. We'll give a kid an Adderall and just send him to work. How do you feel what Bossa Nova did with his task of doing timestamps last week? You know, Bossa Nova, he's got a lot of spunk. That said, corporal punishment, I think, is necessary wait what, what did you do Beth? i think he put up a couple things without some words believed on tiktok yeah well i mean for tiktok you can't just be showing a picture of hitler not to do the whole hitler thing all over again but he, he put a big beautiful photograph of hitler and i don't think he censored well i think he censored the word hitler right away but it's like on tiktok you also should not be showing the face of the fear okay so anybody who's listening from the tiktok moderation board this was bossa nova i say we blame bossa nova for anything negative that comes out of this studio mm. i think uh if you say something objectionable on this show with me we say bossa nova wrote the script because in many ways bossa nova is controlling me like a robot i have a, a computer inside of my stomach and he has like a, a joystick and he's yeah. sitting in the other room and he's actually writing the script of the words that i'm saying at yeah. this moment yeah and he spends a lot of time on the daily stormer on 4chan <laughs> so guys that's why the show has been so dark i'm sorry it's I bossa mean, nova. but bossa nova stands out to me as somebody where if he was a white supremacist that i feel like he could kind of get away with it given that he's not white and that he has kind of like a cool cute young vibe yeah he's cute <laughs> he's very fluffy he's got a big haircut well, i just mean like if you were to serve up white supremacy in a bossa nova sized dish <laughs> A lot more people might be interested, you know? That's beautiful. That, that needs to be the start of a song. I was thinking that as well. But, Serve up white supremacy in a but, bossa nova-sized dish. So Ooh, you know what poetic. makes the, the, TikTok, the TikTok addiction is even worse is because I went on live, and I was convinced that after an hour I had made $660 and got 1,500 followers. Now, I realized soon after that that actually my math is very bad, and uh. I actually made $66. Uh. So it was like 10% of what I thought. Yeah. But the 1,500 yeah. followers, I mean, it's pretty tempting because it's like, oh, so you're saying that I can just kind of have this weird internet experience because it's like TikTok blatantly shoving your content into the faces of people who haven't seen it already because, okay, on Instagram Live, I was saying this to you before, on Instagram Live, if you go live, it's going to be 95% people that already follow you. On TikTok, it was 9% people that already follow me. So I got 4,000 people watching me play Kendama, and most of them either don't know who I am or are just kind of figuring out who I am. This is very exciting. To me. This is exciting, and I hate to burst your bubble here, Adam, but mm. I think that 
91% of people. Most of them are young Cambodian boys who are watching and going, oh, man with tattoo. Okay, but oh. you're acting like TikTok is not a real thing and that it doesn't have real world impacts because I see it all the time where artists blow up on TikTok and all of a sudden get huge record deals from TikTok. Even like our interviews, we'll have an interview clip go viral on TikTok and we'll see a big surge on views for that interview. Like as much as, and because I used to kind of have this feeling too on Facebook because we used to, you know, do all these stupid viral videos and then you're looking through the list of the people that are commenting and liking on your viral shit on Facebook and it's just like what the fuck is this this is so strange but I, I encourage you to keep this in mind A TikTok is the future and more and more Americans and English speakers are going to be on it so I feel like that is kind of like a lot of a lot of apps have like a, a big overseas audience uh-huh. and you'll see that reflected when you start to look at the accounts and you're like these don't look like real people and that might sometimes be true because sometimes they aren't real people and it's just like random bots whatever but and then also think about youtube is turning on monetization for youtube shorts right Mm-mm. some of our youtube shorts are getting millions and millions and millions of views and we're not even that focused on it tiktok is gonna have to do a revenue share on tiktok the same way that youtube is doing mm-hmm. with the shorts if they want to compete with youtube so there's gonna be a lot of money to made from youtube shorts and tiktoks in the near future let me run this by you yes what if with all this tiktok your mind is being inundated with we're gonna make you an account what if you turn into a chinese spy i've thought about it and i think that i'm gonna maintain my relationship with america and just continue to use the tiktok app that's what they all say Right. That's well, what they all say. What if you come back here next week, and it probably won't happen that quick, but what if the conversation we had about employers and employees, you start whistling a different tune slowly but surely? Once I become a TikTok mastermind, once I really have the platform built up or what? Once you build up the platform and a Chinese guy in a $5,000 suit walks up to your house with a briefcase full of money, mm. I'm afraid the CCP is going to buy you, dude. This is the thing. I've already said terrible things about China. They don't care as long as they can exert control. I attacked verbally their leader, LeBron James, and I feel nothing about it. I feel like I was right. There was an NBA player recently who spoke out about LeBron James, too. Fuck LeBron James, dude. No, he's a total hypocrite. LeBron James is a douche. Sucking Chinese dick. He should be sucking Chinese dick in jail in a gulag. Yes. And that's my transition because we were watching prison documentaries this weekend, huh? That's a good point. But before we move on, I also want to say that back in the day, I I ran a train on a random girl with an Asian dude. An Asian dude was part of it, and his boner was the most pathetic thing I ever seen, and his pubic hair was longer than his dick. (laughs) Adam's pointing at me as he tells me this, as if I'm supposed to learn a lesson. It was just like, that's how I found out that... fuck. I fucked a girl with a Chinese guy. You're a piece of shit, daddy. No, I'm just saying, that's how I found out that Chinese people... I don't want to say all Chinese people have small dicks, but this guy sure did. Okay, I think I can... I I used to train martial arts with a half-Chinese, half-German guy. Massive cock. Really? Yes. Massive cock. You Because you would just check it out in the locker room? or I don't want to say check it out. Occasionally my eyes would fall upon it. No. This could it, be a big scandal in the jujitsu world. This could be. Just sideways glances inside locker rooms. <laughs> but no, him and I, I lived, when I was 18 through 21, I lived on a block in Sacramento with a bunch of MMA fighters. Uriah Faber, Chad Mendez, a bunch of high-profile UFC guys. Uriah Faber, legend, but also very annoying face to me. The butt chin. Just something about the way he looks. You don't like the butt chin. I don't know. He's like one of the first UFC fighters I got into, but it's just something about his vibe. Well, I'll tell you this. The guy gets more pussy than you can shake a joint at buddy that i believe he gets a lot of pussy or you got to be good you trade in the, your brain cells for getting a bunch of ass you do and, yeah. and that's really the beauty of and any kind of shake from dana white yes yeah yeah dana white financially you get totally fucked over right but the pussy is booming for as long as you're going into that octagon and a bald man is momentarily nice to you yeah <laughs> that's basically how it works with data okay what, what, what were you doing getting into right well there? we were getting into the prison things yeah so i hit up danny uh, over the weekend and i said hey because okay i've watched every episode i think of like the world's toughest prisons or some shit on netflix and the basic summary of this is that there's a sort of effeminate man who apparently served a bunch of time from murder in prison and now he goes around to other prisons and locks himself in the prison for a week there's very little sign that he's actually spending any significant amount of time in there but he takes around all the world's worst prisons and a new season came out i think the problem is is that 
there are only so many really truly gnarly prisons around the world yeah. and the ones that exist are pretty particular about what they will allow you to film yes so my feeling from watching the first two episodes of the new season of this show is that it was really kind of lackluster yeah it's world's toughest prisons right the guy's got a big scar on his face which i'm sure they cast very carefully they wanted to get a guy who looked like he was tough and then he did 12 years for a murder he didn't actually commit that's what he says so it's like the, the host needs to be somebody who did prison time but didn't actually do the thing that they got accused yeah. of so it can be safe oh it's disgusting oh the the focus grouping on this one right but so this guy is on like season four or five of yeah. this show and we watched the one from moldova moldova and you hear moldova right poorest country in europe mm-hmm. and they take you to a prison that's stalin era on a hillside in the middle of the wilderness and i think you and i were both salivating during that first drone shot because this is what you think that you're going to be getting you think you're going to be getting like russian gangsters with face tattoos yeah. who are going to be telling you the gnarliest stories ever but then what do they actually get access to the prison puts them in touch with the most pacified uh people who they they know are not going to try to kill the journalists or anything like that yeah. and so then you get to tap in with like the prison activists who yeah. are like trying to make the prison better it's like i don't want to see that i want to see the guy who stabbed somebody like last week and he's yes. been in the hole for six months yeah yeah absolutely the the main guy the host guy right throw him in the showers at 5 p.m and give him three soap bars to juggle if he could survive a prison rape then that would for sure make the show way better absolutely but you know what so he, they throw him in this like cell with two white guys with gigantic fucking noses. When I say white, like you know, light skinned, but they're probably Moldovian or however that works. They're very Russian looking. Yeah, some them up as just Russians. Which I mean, right now Russians, it is open season on making fun of Russians right now. So and, say whichever you will. And when you take a look at their country, it just feels like. People killing each other in America doesn't seem that surprising because there's so many of us. But to kill somebody in such a sparsely populated country, which maybe it's not. I'm just totally talking to my ass. But that, to me, feels a lot more evil. You know, like if we were on an island with five people and yeah. you killed one of them, yeah, yeah. I would think you were a way worse person than I found out that you killed one of the 10 million people yeah. in L.A. Yeah. Yeah. If I raped and strangled Bossa Nova, you'd be like, what? <laughs> dude, you're a piece of shit. You couldn't behave for the right. couple hours you're here in the studio? Right. And then also, the Russian guys that they interview, one of them, very charming, smart guy, I believe he was a getaway driver or some sort of accomplice in a murder, which is still, I totally think aiding and abetting is real and that you should do big, big time if somebody gets killed and you were the getaway driver. But you got to get a load of the other guy who they try to humanize so much. They're like, oh, these are your poems? Yes, I put my heart and soul into these. Oh, this is your karaoke machine? Something about the sound of music cures my soul. What did you do? I strangled to death a 16-year-old girl. Did he strangle them or did he shoot them? He strangled a 16-year-old girl. He says, "I, I killed a woman and her niece. Yes. And when they ask him for the reason why, he basically just blames alcohol, which I'm going to be honest with you. We're having this conversation about what is the true spirit of of Russia. I think getting drunk and strangling two innocent (laughs) women is pretty much like about as close as it gets. Listen, you two. You, we can say whatever we want about Russia right now. Right. That should be, I don't know what the Russian national flag is. Probably a star, probably a guy with a fur hat. Yeah. It should be a guy with a bottle of vodka in one hand and a teenage girl in the other, okay? Right. Fuck you. And you know what I can't get over, though, with that host is, like, his job, and I guess I guess this is just him being good at his job, but he takes things that are, like, relatively obvious and easy to understand and then he just states them very meekly and and sincerely into the camera like he's he goes to the exercise space right and they're walking back and forth over and over they walk back and forth and he he just looks at the camera and he's like i just counted the steps that's 32 steps so walk out the door to your house take 32 steps and imagine that that is your life it's very sad. And I'm like, it's sad. this guy's job is to talk to the camera like it was a fucking kindergarten. Yes. Just how, you took, so go outside your house, take 30 steps, and then take <laughs> two more. That's 32. That's the only amount of steps these gentlemen can take. For 30 years. 30. That's going to be a very difficult existence. That, 
after the end of their sentence, they will have taken 9,682 steps. Right. There's just so, this fucking guy. And at first I thought it was really fucked up that that was their exercise area. Yeah. I mean, it looks like what would be behind the polar bear tank at a local zoo. Right. Like what the feeders would throw fish in from. Mm. It's this little cement holding area. But then, bit by bit, in this supposedly draconian Moldova prison, they start revealing the privileges these assholes get. Mm. And the next thing you see is the table tennis area. Right. Where guys who look like fucking Andre Agassi are just hitting back and forth to each other because they play nonstop all day. Then one guy has a private woodworking station where he's making chairs and shit. Right. I know. Like, it's pretty fascinating to think of what the different things they allow versus don't allow are in prison. Because let's be real. If you were to set up a fucking camera in every single cell in there, and if that prison were to start a Twitch channel, and you could tune into this Twitch channel, and there's just a guy running the OBS, and he shows you wherever there's the most violence happening or whatever's going on, he sort of like switches over and he shows you like a full-on prison gang rape going on. Yeah. I mean, would you watch? Yeah. I don't know if I'd ever turn it off. I don't think I would either. I think your TikTok presence would decline markedly. You just wouldn't have time for anything. I was thinking that, yeah, you definitely probably couldn't show the... The rapes, but you could be ready. You could like have a little black box. You drag it over the rape as it's happening. Yeah, sure. Somebody's actively blurring. Well, makes I mean, perfect maybe sense. Maybe Josh me. could pick up a side job. Yeah, I saw also because I mean, while we were researching, Adam Twenty Two has been subbed for twenty three months. Yeah. <laughs> also, I was doing a bunch of other research into various law and order things because we were watching the prison episodes. Right. Do we have anything more to talk about with Moldova? Um, just the fact that I want to go there really bad, and I also just realized that my pants can become shorts. Oh no! Oh wow! I bought these and I didn't even know this was a thing. Oh no! Is it going to be like? Did oh we? My God. Did we step into a time warp? <laughs> Is it nineteen ninety six? I had a pair of these in fifth grade. <laughs> I had no idea. This is actually handy when you think about it, bro. I could do some cool stuff with this. You're gonna unzip those and you're gonna lose the bottoms, and then you're never gonna be able to wear those as pants again. Well, I'm gonna leave them right around here so I don't have to worry about that. This is this is creepy what you're doing right now. It looks like you're getting naked. See, I know my brain is being corrupted because the first thing I thought was like, oh, I can make a TikTok about this. You sick fuck. That's how they do it. That's how the CCP is going to do it to you. Yeah. Like putting this much time and effort into getting a fan base on an app for no reason, like creating all this content for free for this app just so you can kind of say like, look, I'm popular on the app that the kids use. And listen to what you just said to me. Can you imagine ever making a YouTube video in which the premise was you (laughs) unzipped your pants? No. Because when it comes to YouTube, you're a reasonable content creator. But when it comes to TikTok, it's like, oh, shit, I bought a Rockstar at 7-Eleven today. I could totally make a fucking TikTok out of that. That's it. I mean, we made a podcast episode out of you buying a lot of Rockstars, and it was pretty kick-ass. Okay, because thinking about it, when I was doing all those iPhone vlogs, which, you know, we we always talk about the the interviews I did and everything as, as like, the thing that blew me up. But realistically, the, the iPhone vlogs were a huge part of what made No Jumper a thing in the beginning. Right. When you look at the TikTok vlog stuff that is popular now that I do, that my girl does, etc. It's so like like making this content for TikTok is so much easier, whereas like making a 10 minute vlog for YouTube, it's like it's 10 minutes. It's kind of expected that there's going to be some sort of arc story wise that it's going to be interesting that there's going to be you know like to fill a 10 minute thing it just has to be like sort of significant whereas like literally i could make a 10 second tiktok about me having these weird pants yeah and i I think we all could admit that it's like probably interesting enough to last 10 seconds yeah i encourage you to do that if you kill yourself at the end of the video what's it called the japanese thing seppakura or whatever where you fucking stab yourself in the (laughs) stomach I want to make that TikTok. <laughs> That'd be fucking up. There's some 90s feel-good music playing as yeah. you unzip your pants. I saw the side. No, I need a retractable open. sword. And then you just pull out the sword. <laughs> yeah. I need a retractable sword and like uh, like a big bag of ketchup that I'll like staple. Or like I'll tie it to my waist. So oh, I when I, I can like smash it and the blood pours out. But I mean, okay, now we're getting into the territory of things that TikTok might not like. 
They don't like the Japanese, so yeah. They don't like us simulating suicide, I'm willing to guess. And also, that you know, there's that rivalry. They're just across a small body of water. Josh is giggling over there. He knows. Right. Now, the very natural enemies. We've talked recently a lot about the racism of every other culture except for white people, how white people are falling behind in the racism race. I mean, hearing. Asians, dude. Asians oh, yeah. all hate each other. Do they? Dude, yeah. What, fe- what's the root of that? The root of that... They're all kind of from the same hood. They're all coming from the same hood. It's like Southside Stockton, you know? Not enough hood, too many bodies. Uh But also... I mean, they all did naughty stuff to each other at some point in time. Right. They all, like, World War II was the biggest example. I mean, the Japanese just fucked the Chinese over. Right. They just went in there, and they did some bad, bad stuff, dude. Yeah. So are you actually a history major? Yeah. Damn. So that makes a lot more sense about why you sounded so fluent in this sort of jazzmatazz when we were talking about the other day. Well, I only zero in on the stuff where there's genocide or rape. <laughs> so I, I have a blind, a lot of blind spots. No, but... There is what is kind of a shame is I went to college for history. Right. I went to UCLA here in town, and when I got there, I decided, you know what? F- fuck learning. I'm gonna go on the website that tells you which prof is the easiest grader, and I'm only gonna take their classes, and I'm just gonna chase ass in my free time. And that worked. Yes. I graduated with really good grades, but the problem is all the classes with the easiest professors, it's like 1300 through 1422 Saudi Arabian history. Or, like, the we, I did learn a lot about the foundation of Islam, which so, I suppose... So you really weren't paying attention to the subject matter that was being taught at all? It was just entirely based on the teachers? Oh, dude, because I would take teachers who were so easy, they would pass out the test... That was 90% of your grade the day before the test as a study guide. Oh, wow. So you literally had to do nothing. And I would be like circling the Alpha Phi sorority house trying to pretend like it was an impromptu interaction when one of them came out the door. I was like, excuse me, do you know how to find do you know how to find the donut spot? I'm looking, I'm meeting a buddy there to study. Oh, what's your name? Right. And then that that's where I was when lectures were going on. Right. Yeah, no, dude, I just read an article in the New York Times, I believe it was, about this school, like some Ivy League university, I forget, but they had a professor, and his class was always known for being like a really hard class, that this was the class that a large percentage of the of the students are not going to pass this class, and they're not going to continue on to be able to become a fucking doctor or whatever it was, and so... He's always been really applauded over the years for being this really tough professor. Now, with the remote learning and the COVID and everybody not being in school and stuff, a lot of students are kind of like lagging behind or maybe like not seeming like they're even able to do the work to be able to do well in these really difficult classes, right? And so he – they basically – did a big open letter to the school governance to tell them that they th- thought that this teacher basically was being too hard on them. The school fires him. Ah! He's been working there for like 20 years, this beloved ah! professor. But because he was making it so that the kids wouldn't, wouldn't pass, they decided that it was time for him to go. So it's kind of, it's kind of scary because it's like, don't you have memories like that from high school or, or from college or whatever, where you're like, this teacher is a dick or this teacher is asking too much of me, but I'm a kid and I know that even if I think this teacher is being unbelievably unfair, it doesn't matter. Nobody gives a fuck about my opinion. I just have to do the work or yes. I have to get along with this teacher. I have no room by which I could stand up to this teacher. It's yeah. so crazy to see all these kids who are actually realizing like, oh, I can actually just complain and then I won't have to do the work. I can cancel the authority figure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. If a class is too hard for you, you have a couple of choices. You can either maybe cut your drinking down to two days a week. Mm. In college, I know it's a big ask for people. Or, you know what? If you're pre-med and if organic chemistry is keeping you up at night, be a fucking English major, okay? Maybe the medical field doesn't need your candy ass. Maybe we don't need you in the operating room fixing somebody's heart when it's a life or death situation, okay? Maybe we need you in the HR department at a local state farm office. But didn't you go to college to become a better person, to work hard, to like really drill some complicated stuff 
into your brain. For me, if I was going to go to college, and this is why I will not be going to college, is I, I feel like it would have to probably be like the only thing in my life. Like I would need to just really focus in. If I was going to try to learn something on that extreme of a degree, I just don't think I'm going to be able to do like 10 podcasts a week while also yeah. being that focused on school. Like I think it would be really difficult. And to a lot of people, it feels like they should be able to just sort of slot school into this like tiny little percentage of their life where they don't really spend that much time on it. Now, granted, I literally could not pass one semester of college at an Ivy League school. There's just no fucking way. But I feel like I'm I'm capable of speaking on their experiences. Josh is taking a photo. Posing for the thumbnail because my knee is out. No, I, you're you're totally right. The point you're making: the inmates taking over the asylum. It happened at UCLA too, at the business school. I want to say mm-hmm. during George Floyd, uh, an African American student in one of the classes said that the test we have coming up, you know, the big midterm, the black students in the class, they might have even said students of color, mm. shouldn't have to take it. They demanded that. And the guy very logically responded, first of all, I will not be granting that request. I respect the hurt that's going on right now. I respect that what happened in Minneapolis isn't good. But how would I be able to deduce who is truly a student of color and whether or not they qualify? Like you and I, we just talked about the trauma of having Irish your grandfather was very cold up there. Mm-hmm. I'm Irish. I mean, they used to like fucking throw a couple pennies at my my great grandfather when he was working on the railroad. Right. He probably got uh, his, you know, he probably got a railroad spike nailed into his hand one day at work, and they didn't even give him time off. The argument would be that yeah, maybe the Irish were treated horribly in the past, but yeah. they're they're not anymore. So therefore they don't really deserve to be discussed in that same context. Listen, dude, as an Irish American <laughs> Every time I flip on the TV, it feels like there's a Notre Dame football game. <laughs> and you see that guy, you see that sick caricature mm. of what my people stand for. What do we do? Do I just go out and get drunk and get in street fights all the time? Does that fill up 90% of my schedule? No! But now we've, we've entered into a world in which, like, every ethnic minority, Irish included, is basically going to war for their own best interests you know the stop asian hate bill or whatever wouldn't it be great if because this is how it works in prison if each race appointed like a leader and then all those leaders got together and basically agreed on the rules and then if somebody does something bad like okay let's say one of the mexican guys sneaks into a black dude's cell block and fucking steals some of his stuff the Mexicans have to beat the shit out of the dude who mm. went and stole. Mm-hmm. It's not like he's getting beat up by the black guys because yeah. that would cause too much chaos. Yeah. So the Mexicans have to then beat the fuck out of the guy who stole. Then the black leader and the Mexican leader can have a conversation and say, okay, we handled him. That way they can avoid getting into these all-out sort of race war sure. type scenarios. Mm. And I'm going to be real. like If we live in a world in which every single race is basically just trying to optimize the world for their race – this is going to be a very complicated world to live in. They're going yeah. to have to come to some sort of common ground at some point, right? Yeah. Wow. I never thought of it like that. Everybody is just trying to. Well, again, white people, we have to keep pretty low profile right now. But you're so right, right. that the other races right now seem to be trying to optimize the world for their race. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of the whole name of the game at this point. Because you remember 10 years ago or however long ago when people's conversations about race would be like, everybody just needs to be treated equally. Everybody needs to just get along. And now that's a micro. No, 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 no. You no. get in trouble for saying that now. <laughs> You're not allowed to be treated equally because we didn't start equally. We weren't equal at some point in the recent past. So we need to very much go out of our way to even the scales for everybody. But I was just reading some stats to say that like American young people overwhelmingly are opposed to affirmative action. Now, that makes me wonder. How did they phrase it when they asked them about affirmative action? Because I think the thing with affirmative action is like you say to people, do you believe in affirmative action? They all say yes. You say, do you think that Asian people should be penalized from going to highbrow universities so that other races could be allowed in? And they're like, no, that sounds horrible. How could you discriminate against Asian people like that? And it's like, well, that's literally how that works pretty much is that they take away Asian spots at Harvard and give it to whoever else. What Adam's referring to is Asians – White people, we had a good run. You know, yeah. I'll high five on that. Asians now. It was nice while it lasted, but they'd be the running the shit. Yeah. They're and f- fucking God bless them. I mean, the Asians, they are. I love what they do. They're very clean. They uh, very little body hair, mm. which is important when you're the top dog. But 
One they... time I was fucking this Asian girl named Ting, and she told me <laughs> she was great, but her name was Ting. And she, I fucked an Asian girl named Jing. She had no Knuckles. no hair on her legs, and she was staying with me for like a week. And I remember saying at a certain point, like, so you you don't shave your legs? She's like, I've never shaved my legs. Dude, it's and they were completely hairless. I was like, you really are a supreme form of woman. It's Unfortunately, we already brought up your um, wretched threesome partner who had pubic hair longer than his penis so we know that the asians are totally hairless my girlfriend also asian too very hairless so i can talk about this Your asian girlfriend stuff. is not asian she is fucking asian how You're, much i will show you my girlfriend's family photo she's got a fix a picture of her at a family reunion and there's a paper mache dragon over the banquet hall oh that's asian she's yeah. asian dude. Wait, wait so like her mom is full asian her mom's 50 percent chinese and her dad's white. Uh, dude, a big cocked Italian guy. Okay, so I, she's a quarter Asian. She's a quarter Asian. Tough to claim that. But Shut okay. up. That that is mine, <laughs> and I'm holding on to that. I'm cancel proof. But Asians in America now make more money. Their grades. I mean, we can't even fucking compete as white people. I recently went down to a, a college graduation. My girlfriend's brothers. Everybody that was graduating was Asian. They've taken over. And so these universities say, eh, you guys are kind of doing too well. And the people who aren't doing so well, we need to force them in. But right. then all kinds of problems come with that. I think the best example I saw of how this can be problematic, the um, I forget the name of the YouTube channel, but they did a video where a chick went around a college football game and asked if – the football team should be staffed or the player should be selected based on merit or affirmative action. Should the wide receivers be selected by their 40 time or because, you know what, we need more crackers in here. The right. white guys aren't getting a fair shot. You know, we need a couple <laughs> Latino linebackers. Mm. We're going to select them. And everybody unanimously was like, what? No, what are you fucking talking about? Merit. Yeah. Merit. And then she slowly started working back like, shouldn't. That be the same with the hiring process at Amazon or for doctors at Kaiser per Permanente? Right. Shouldn't it be the hotshot doctors or the best programmers? Like, isn't it condescending to be like, yeah, dude, you're not, your grades are fucking awful. Right. And uh, we frankly don't think you're that smart, but you're the right color. For, you're the flavor of the month. Get in there. Get into that corner office. Dude, I have actually witnessed this uh, firsthand where I met with higher-ups from a, a company and you kind of realize that like the higher-ups at a certain company are kind of like diversity hires like and 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 i hate to say that but that was really like the impression that i was i was walking away with at one point in my life and i wish i could be more specific but i was just like there is like it was kind of like the number one was so clearly not actually number one wow. and like the guys that were like there to basically like be her assistants uh -huh. knew so much more about the topic at hand yeah. that it was just kind of confusing to me. I'm like, is this really how this plays out in this modern age? I don't know. But okay, so I'm listening to a podcast the other day where Tim Ferriss is interviewing fuck Brian Armstrong, I think. He's the, the CEO of Coinbase. CEO of Coinbase. Yeah. And so they got a ton of shit at one point because they were having huge amounts of the work day taken up by basically like activist employees who wanted to like, you know, talk about diversity all fucking day or whatever, like institute all these different social changes. And he kind of got fed up with it and he said, I've decided that we're going to officially declare that Coinbase is a mission-focused business mm -hmm. where our goal is to improve this technology and, and, and create this business, yada, yada. Everything regarding social justice is to be a left at home. We're just not having those conversations here. There's not going to be any conversation about who's gay, who's trans, how people are treated of this, that. It doesn't mean there's not going to be HR and that you're not going to mm -hmm. be able to have your individual concerns addressed. Obviously, harassment, whatever, is against the rules. But... He made that statement, which I thought was incredibly daring and bold. And I remember at the time that there was like a Wall Street Journal article about how upset the employees were, et cetera. I think they lost like 10% of their employees, which mm -hmm. is probably like thousands of people. Mm -hmm. And now they're great. Mm -hmm. Like everybody is on the same page. Mm -hmm. Everybody understands that this business is not about enacting social change. It's about building this fucking, you know, Bitcoin yeah. marketplace or whatever. Yeah. And it's pretty amazing to see that he was able to take a stand stand up to the employees and it actually worked and it makes you wonder what is the world going to be like eventually if apple or google were to do the same thing because i think they would get a lot of blowback but i think ultimately not enough blowback to really do any sort of long-term damage to them right yeah
and I heard him too. I think I heard him on Lex Friedman, mm. and he really gave me a lot of trust in the crypto sphere because it's like this is a level-headed, cool guy. I like him. But the opposite of Coinbase, an example of when a company gets taken over by the inmates in the asylum. To go back to that is Twitter, dude. Mm. Twitter went the exact opposite way. It is considered the most woke, the most politically influenced company there is. Mm. The employees, I mean, Project Veritas went out with a couple of them to eat, and they were saying that, dude, we're straight up communists. <laughs> I mean, we think Mao was a good leader of men. Right. That level of people. They take weeks, sometimes months off of work for... I was going to call them me days, mental <laughs> health days, but they're mental health months that they take off. And you know what? The rest of the tech world, I think, is seeing Twitter's stock price and how it's the least valuable big tech platform. Right. And they're starting to learn, like, dude, we can't – the fucking – the chick with the pink hair who wants everybody to have their pronouns on their desk, that's not going to lead to profitability. Right. profitability. And at the end of the day, that's what we're going for. Yeah, and so with Elon taking over, it really does make you wonder. Because like, I, I seen an article that said that the majority of Twitter's employees are planning to leave if Elon actually goes through with the, the purchase. Bye-bye. Now that, to me, seems like a stretch by any stretch of the imagination. Like The idea that like over half, even, of yeah. the employees will leave. That seems like it would be so cataclysmic to the day-to-day -day runnings of Twitter that it would be tough for them to get through. But also, it's really hard for me to believe that Twitter's employees are actually that far left that they wouldn't be able to work for Elon. Yeah, just are they afraid of innovation? Yeah, what, what, Are they allergic what, to science? What is he going to do to the fucking day-to-day -day experience of working for Twitter? This is what I want to know. Dude, what if it's a goof? Right. He marched into the boardroom the first day in a Nazi uniform. <laughs> And he had a riding crop and a, and a hat with a little symbol. I think that would go over pretty well. <laughs> I, I am joking. But Elon, I really think it will be so good for this country if Elon Musk successfully buys Twitter and he starts using it to build his everything app X. Right. I think it'll be huge for free speech. I don't like what's going on right now, dude. The way censorship's working on the internet and the way it really only goes one way, mm. where it's whatever the left's current agenda is, and we've seen over and over that whatever they choose to censor or deem misinformation eventually has made its way out as being legitimate. So whether this is you being pissed off about getting deleted off TikTok? This is basically me getting pissed about getting deleted on TikTok. <laughs> what, what did you get deleted for? Free Daddy. It was, you know, during the little uh, tift I had with the heavier women. Oh. And there might have been some mass reporting. But you didn't post anything in particular about that? No. I think I just got mass reported. Wow. And I had posted enough of my content that enough of my other content that there was probably some sort of violation. Well, I know a girl who had 20 million followers and she posted something like, she didn't write the word OnlyFans. She wrote like when something something about her OF, like when 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 he looks at your OF or like when you check out my OF in bio. Yeah, some bullshit like that. Boom, gone. Twenty million followers. And she was just OF is that's of that's a word. That's a good point. When but, you check out, I mean, her, she could just say her grammar is really shitty. But that's the fucking world that we live in where. Apparently, TikTok is so gangster with it that they don't even look out for that person with 20 million followers, which is like the opposite of how most businesses exist. Like if you're NBC and, uh, you know, the the star, your biggest show fucks up a little bit. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, there's a level that they fuck up that you can't really look away. But for the most part, you're trying to make excuses for him. Right. right. You're trying Bill to Maher keep... dropped an end bomb once right. on, on air. And it's still on air because he's valuable. He gets he gets eyeballs, whatever. You would think that they would have some extent, like the Steve will do it thing really stands out. And I know that censorship is just this like boring ass topic that people have talked about to death, but like Steve will do it. How do you not look out for a guy with 5 million, 10 million subscribers? Yeah. Like if I ran it, that would be the most obvious thing in the world. But I think sometimes they're, they're afraid of having editorial judgment in these cases because once it's, it's clear that they are acting in an editorial way. Yeah. And not like they want it to be. No, there's a strict system of strikes because that way, if you violate that system, you get deleted. We're not editorial. 
that's how they want it to be. Did Steve get three strikes, though? Because from what I understand, he did not. And they have that sketchy term of service, which is, but if you severely violate our terms of service, right. we don't have to give you strikes. No, but so this is the thing is that Steve on his second channel, it said, check me out on stake.com. Uh-huh. Fine sight, by the way. Kidding. Well, I, I feel like we can't even say that. I haven't been on there, but I. Uh, that's what he said. And it was on his second channel, not his main channel. And I guess he showed the URL. And that was the problem. Yeah. You can't put the URL on the screen. And it's this is why I agree with you. They should have been like, all right, this is a, an honest mistake. The biggest channels on the platform are telling their entire audience, most of whom are underage, to hop on the FanDuel app and put right. their next paycheck on the Patriots. Mm. That's okay. And I get it. Those are regulated. Those are mainstream. And Stake is probably an overseas crypto gambling casino. But is, it there, is there that big of a difference? And think about how gross it is to delete somebody's entire channel for basically what was an ad a brand deal yeah that maybe yes it was it was ruled unacceptable at a certain point or whatever but like okay at one point we had two interviews i believe the zaytoven interview and the diplo interview that were both taken down off of youtube if i'm not mistaken because we did an ad on it and it was one of those fucking ads that's basically like it, it uh they're like it's it's kind of like cheating like for school it's like homework Edu assistant Bernie, or like one of the yes. we'll write your essay for yes. you ads. It was one of those things, which this shows how much attention I'm paying to the ads that we do. But <laughs> we do an ad for it. There's a link in the description. Boom. We didn't get a strike, which is nice, yeah. but the shit got deleted from YouTube and we had to re-upload it and just restart the view count, which is for me, yeah, very painful experience. And Diplo was fucking pissed. Yeah. He got the news in the middle of one of his sets at excess. Did you hear about that? What? That he got the news when he was on <laughs> yeah. on Encore Beach Club, dude. No, yeah. Smacked a cocktail waitress. He dude, was so pissed. What what business did I even have interviewing Diplo in the first place? Diplo, I when I was a busboy in Las Vegas, right. which I was for all of 2017. Are you sure your girlfriend hasn't had sex with Diplo? Not positive. I had sex with a girl who had Diplo's like logo tattooed on her ass. That means she got fucked by him. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, that was clear, yeah. I saw a girl come into the restaurant that I was busboying at right. who had a Motley Crew tattoo on her wrist, right. and she was like a hot woman in her 50s. Wow. Okay, you tell me. Did she suck Nikki Six's dick? Or maybe she just like really wanted to because that girl Eliza has Drake's fucking owl logo tattooed huge on her ass, uh -huh. and Drake would not be in the same room as her. Do you know that? Yes. You think that's her bat signal to Drake? Yeah, she Still got it because she said that it's her life dream to fuck Drake. Oh, what a poor choice. I think that that if you're Drake and your 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 signal is up, where you're sort of looking for creepy psycho stalkers, uh -huh. that probably the giant owl on their ass is going to do it. Okay, I got it. So it was the opposite effect. Yeah, although I don't think he's ever met her in real life. I know he like blocked her number. It's, I think he might have changed his number because of her. That's not a good start for That's her. actually pretty astounding since he's one of the most famous people in the world. If he has to change his phone number because of you, that kind of says a lot. It says a lot about your detective work. Yeah. I don't know how you got Drake's private number, but when I was busboying at XS Nightclub mm -hmm. and the restaurant right next door, I would see all those guys like Diplo and the Chainsmokers come in. And I remember Diplo... There's no point to the story, by the way. He shot a comedy <laughs> bit with the chef of my restaurant, and the chef of my restaurant was such a fucking transparent, like, uh, such an unashamed douchebag. Mm. Like, he heard that Diplo was going to come in with a camera crew, mm. and he was like, everybody get the fuck out of my kitchen. Make No, these salads look like shit. Are you kidding me? The watercress is on the edge of the plate. You're fucking fired. And then Diplo comes in, and he's like, whoa, Diplo, oh, welcome to the kitchen. Yeah, we have good times here. <laughs> welcome in, man. Got some of these meatballs for you. Oh, my God. And I remember Diplo was, they were encouraging him, like, yeah, say something funny, Diplo. Mm. And Diplo was like, uh, what are these meatballs, chicken? And the chef's like, no, they're beef. And that was the end of the segment. And then wow. there was just like an awkward handshake and, and cut the piece of content. You want to hear a fucking Diplo story that my girl told me? If it involves sex. It doesn't. Uh, it. This was before she was like a Instagram model or a Snapchat person or OnlyFans girl or whatever. She, uh, she was doing a piece of content for this company that she used to work for, right? Where basically like she was like helping to like manage a bunch of models that were shooting some sort of like social media content with Diplo, right? And so she is a nobody at this time. She's yeah. not letting the plug. And she had had her BBL 
uh, I don't know, a couple months before this, right? She came clean about the BBL recently on, on the internet, uh. so I can actually acknowledge this story. And Diplo is talking with the girls, and I think the other girls are more like tall, blonde, fucking model type mm. chicks, you know? And he just says, yeah, I really like natural asses, and then just looks at my girl. <laughs> And makes like awkward eye contact with her. This is what she said. So, <laughs> so he like kind of like sub called her out for having a fake ass. And this is probably in like 2015 before I even knew her. Huh. And when I hear like, but then I had to interview Diplo and not. Well, I, I probably didn't even think about it to be honest because yeah. like, who the fuck cares? Huh. But I, I I did interview him after that, and it might have crossed my mind briefly of like you 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 should probably apologize to my girl's BBL. Yeah. He should at least now. I mean, everything's the out in the open. Let's get him on Sledge Lords. <laughs> I'd be. I'd love to. I, there's, I'd no, love to. there's no way he remembers to the point where he probably would just assume that it was a straight up lie. But based on my experience with her, she's basically never lied to me about anything. So yeah, he called out her BBL, and you know, <laughs> fuck. I got no personal beef with Diplo, or at least I didn't. But I mean, who is he to criticize anybody's anything? The guy has, at least when I knew him, he had a weird top knot. And his job... What's the top knot? Hey, well, he had like a weird man bun that was up top, and then like the back of his head was shaved. Well, but that was a time period where man buns were pretty popping, right? But dude, I don't care. There's no excuse. Right. There's no excuse for the man bun. Okay. And has... He's sitting at home watching this, talking about your haircut. Diplo, <laughs> say it to my face, motherfucker. You'll catch a knuckle right in the bridge of your nose. But, dude, I mean, other than TikTok... What thing is responsible for more talentless douchebags making bags of money than EDM? Oh, yeah. Dude, EDM and TikTok as concepts, I'm sorry, Adam, I know this is hurting you right now, yeah. need to be eradicated, dude. Well, I'm a new TikToker, so I can't f take it too personal. Good. But, okay, this is the thing. You ever see, like, like I saw a video clip of DJ Carnage, shout out DJ Carnage, uh, the other day, and he was he posted up a clip of him, like, rocking a show, like, really killing a show, right? Yeah. And it's just so hard for me to watch the iPhone footage of him DJing the show, watching him literally do nothing yeah. besides, like, press play and just sort of, like, bob up and down. And I know this is the easiest EDM criticism of all time, yeah. but then they show the people out there in the crowd... And a lot of them, to be honest, look like straight up gargoyles slash normies slash like, you know, just not a crowd of people that I would want to be responsible for having a good time. Yes, like if anything, DJ Carnage. <laughs> no, yes. but worse, worse than whatever you're thinking. You're thinking of like hot EDC, like cool, those types of people, right? No, this was like fucking weird, like Vegas gnomes. I don't know. It's just like, to me, it's just hard to take it serious i don't know what it is and i realize that what they do is very very difficult and i respect it but just watching him bob up and down in front of the dj table yeah. and these fucking goons out there in the audience just like with their faces melting off like yeah. i don't know it's just it's never sat right with me so they get paid those top ones 400 grand per set a lot i, I i'm assuming that the numbers are not as great as they used to be I when it was too. like the biggest thing in the world, yeah. I lived there when it was the biggest thing in the world. And as you just said, and I know people have talked about it since the inception of EDM, they're being paid four hundred grand to basically do nothing right. but jump up and down. But it's the kind of thing where the music that they have created is actually the best in the genre, you know? Like, is it though? Because I've interviewed a lot of these guys, so I've heard them talk about the craft, whether it's somebody like Getter or Diplo or whatever, and listen, like how, how, because, okay, when you listen, it even used to us, go boom, 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 <laughs> boom, and then I had this crazy idea when I was on acid in Machu Picchu, now it goes boom, 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 and then yeah. everybody goes crazy. Okay, I feel you. It, okay, you know what it's like, though? It's like if you see Jay-Z or Gucci Mane or Nas go out and perform a show, what do they do? They fucking walk back and forth, and they they restate the lyrics to the song over the actual song, right? That's a good point. They're pretty, like, talentless thing when you actually watch them perform for the most part. There are great rappers live. But, like, EDM's kind of the same thing where it's like the guys who have the notoriety of having made significant music that people really like, they then have the luxury of going and standing in front of people. It's like the closest thing to like being a king because you just go out there and everybody freaks out of the fact that you're there. Yeah. They go nuts. They fill their mouths with substances. Yeah. And then you what? You just 
stand there and just sort of bounce up and down and just watch people freak out. Yeah. No, I get it. What you're saying is the work was done well before that set. The reason the Chainsmokers got almost a half a million dollars for two hours on stage is because they sold all the tickets to that venue. And what's more, the thousands of people in that venue are going to spend nearly a million dollars on alcohol and on their booths that night. Right. That's why they're getting paid. But if we break it down, you and I, by money being paid for minute per minute for activity, they get paid most of that money for jumping up and down, like right. a fifth grader in PE class jumping <laughs> rope. But then they also get paid, which is awesome, for finding or having one of their goons find the hottest University of Alabama chicks in the crowd, bring them backstage, limo back to their hotel, and fuck those chicks. Well, I wonder if they're getting paid for that too. Is the EDM world still like straight girls gone wild, or do you think that they've had to kind of reform their behavior? Mm, it's a good question. I know the rap the rap community. It sounds like hasn't had to reform at all. Mm, EDM's mm. white though, and white guys, you know, the, the crosshairs on our foreheads. I feel like Diplo has been kind of like ducking the cultural appropriation accusations for years now because it's like he's making like Caribbean music and all this kind of like crazy sound and shit that borrows all these styles from all these international communities and like I I think I've seen like tweets and think pieces about it but I feel like he still kind of manages to duck the hate by just kind of being a likable guy Uh, he's been throwing some steel drum samples in his his tracks lately stuff like that I mean I'm a total ignoramus when it comes to EDM but I, I, I understand that that's a little bit of a thing yeah, that's bullshit, dude. Watch this three-hour interview that Sam Harris did with this woman whose name I'm forgetting. And I think I tweeted it, but actually I look at my Twitter every day and I didn't see it. So maybe I forgot to tweet it. But basically, like, she made a documentary called Jihad Rehab. And it's basically she she meets with all these guys who are, like, locked up in Guantanamo Bay and all this types of shit, right? And she has, like, deep, deep conversations with them. And her movie, her documentary about them was completely canceled by a bunch of Muslim filmmakers because she had the gall to have these conversations. Like, it was given, like, a Sundance Award, and then the war- award was taken away before it was even actually given to her. Uh. Apparently, this documentary is incredible. I really need to see it. Uh. But she's basically talking in the doc- in the Sam Harris interview that he did with her about the fact that she's having a really hard time raising the funds to put this out independently and et cetera, et cetera, how she, she had raised $3,000 to date from, from the fans and stuff. Cause she herself doesn't really have like a big social media profile. I go to look at the GoFundMe, which is full disclosure. I did not donate to, but I go to look at the, <laughs> the, nice. the GoFundMe after the Sam Harris interview, she raised $300,000. And that was, I looked at it yesterday or two days ago. So it Man. might be even more now. So that's pretty incredible. The Islam thing confuses me like i used to sort of get it but now we were talking about how asian people are at the top of the food chain middle eastern people they either are driving rolls royces controlling the oil supply or they own habibi's hookah lounge in westwood well there's got to be some in the middle right no they're at the top where i grew up there was this weird phenomenon of just middle eastern families walking around in the in the mall area and I don't know what it is. I don't know if they like don't own cars or if they just like to walk around or whatever. But you would just see like small packs of Middle Eastern people walking around. I don't it, think it's okay to call them packs on the Adam. street. No, like wolves, like packs. <laughs> and I don't know. I saw a flock of Middle Eastern women flapping their way down the street and in their I, hijabs. I know almost nothing about what the fuck they're doing besides probably doing some shopping. But I did have an ex girlfriend who worked at Walgreens when I was in high school, and she told me that one thing that stood out to her about the Middle Eastern streetwalkers in the downtown or in the south end nashua experience was that they would like come in buy a chocolate bar and then come back like an hour later with it uneaten hot from being in their pocket and want to return it a little buyer's remorse hard for me to imagine that there was like more than (laughs) hard for me to imagine more than like one person having done this i okay this might be a basic stereotype but the woman i could see her in her full get up coming like oh Muhammad, I have purchased a Milky Way. A Milky Way? <laughs> you know I don't get paid until Thursday. Smack. Smacks her across. Return it now. Take this back to the pharmacy now. Yeah. that's That might have happened. No, that probably actually did happen. But this same girlfriend who worked at the Walgreens, I remember 
that she was the one who made me realize how much fucking makeup girls wear because she had like some some bumps in her skin and stuff. Yeah. And I remember like going to see her at the Walgreens one time and hugging her. And I was young enough that I didn't know that when you hug a woman and she's wearing a lot of makeup, you push her head to the side, you hug around mm. the makeup. Mm. I didn't know that with her, so I like planted because she's really short. I planted like her fucking mm-hmm. face right into my 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 belly button mm-hmm. region. And then when I pulled her face away, it looked like I was wearing a misfit shirt because i have this big <laughs> fucking white skull logo on the front of my sweater yeah dancing rules bro like, <laughs> yeah. no, no i'm just i'm dating a girl with horrible skin yeah yeah dude well the fucking middle eastern people they're on top now and also i took a lot of middle eastern history classes at ucla so mm. all those jokes we just made are total i'm clearing them youtube yeah. censorship board i'm clearing them no definitely so last night when i was on tiktok right i go to to like add a random person and i'm i'm so what new was the cup to, size exactly i'm i'm so new to tiktok that i like barely know what i'm doing right so i'm like trying to figure out how to add somebody i still don't know how to remove people so i'm gonna have to like figure that out yeah. before i ever do this again because last night i was basically like trapped on a TikTok live with a Muslim family because I just somehow get tapped in with this fucking random woman wearing a hijab, right? Mm-hmm. And she keeps going like this to the camera. She told me she wow. lived in San Diego. She oh. had just moved from Palestine with her husband or whatever. And I said, I wasn't being like disrespectful, but I might've said a couple things about the fact that she was cute immediately boom she adds her husband to the tiktok live so he's in the other room of their house and he's just this big motherfucker with a bald head and a fucking goatee and he's just there and he's just like listening to us talk and like i heard i heard afterwards that they were talking shit about me in their native tongue uh-huh. but i clearly missed it yeah so i mean tiktok is really introducing me to new communities it's great yeah it's it's like a, a world religions class but uh that's that seems like an odd move the guy won't let his wife show skin or drive a car mm. but she can talk to a porn star on tiktok that's what i'm saying you get your priorities straight dude 